This is episode number 854 with five-time NBA champion Dennis Rodman. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Grace Jones said, I believe in individuality, that everybody is special, and it's up to them to find that quality and let it live. I am so pumped about this interview because I just watched a documentary, a 30 for 30 documentary on ESPN titled Dennis Rodman for Better or Worse. And it was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen on a person's life. It was riveting. It gripped me from the beginning to the end. There is so much dynamics in it, and I highly recommend you check this documentary out. It's available for streaming on ESPN.com right now, and it reveals the crazy life of Dennis Rodman. And If you were around in the 90s when Dennis Rodman was one of the biggest things in the world, you remember how fascinating his life and interesting and dynamic his life was. And Dennis Rodman is one of the greatest rebounders ever to play professional basketball. During his time in the NBA, he played for the Detroit Pistons, San Antonio Spurs, Chicago Bulls, Los Angeles Lakers, and the Dallas Mavericks. And he's a dedicated analyst of the game and a tenacious defender. He led the NBA in rebounding for four consecutive years and helped lead his teams to five NBA championships. However, his career went on Rodman drew even more attention to his off-court antics. And again, he was one of the most fascinating humans on the planet back in the 90s when all this was going down. He had so much media coverage, it was crazy. And again, he's got this new documentary that shares his journey and reveals the struggles of one of the most talented and enigmatic stars in the game's history. And in this interview, we talk about how he was able to play so consistently despite all of the emotional stress he was under. He talks about his childhood, how stressful his entire childhood was really until he went away around 20 years old and found a family that he found like he belonged in. We talk about how showing his emotions was empowering for him as a man and an individual. He often cried publicly and in the media, and he was showing his emotions as a man far early before it was acceptable and seen as okay. We talk about the methods he used to become one of the greatest rebounders of all time and how he visualized this every day. The greatest lesson he learned from his absent father. The power he has found in putting his ego aside and asking for help when he needs it. That and so much more in this riveting interview. I'm so excited for you to listen to this. Uh, make sure to watch the full video over on YouTube as well because and he really opens up in an emotional way at different points, especially towards the end. So make sure to stick around to the end to hear everything about how dynamic this individual is. Share it with one friend today. Text a friend, lewishouse.com slash 854, or just copy and paste the link on your podcast app where you're listening to this and text one friend, inspire someone today with this message by sending them a message and asking them what they think about this interview. 
Tag Dennis Rodman over on your Instagram stories while you're listening and at Lewis Howes as well so we can both stay connected to you and hear what you're thinking about during this episode. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals, knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com com slash greatness netsuite.com slash greatness again head to netsuite.com slash greatness all right guys i'm excited about this without further ado let's dive into this episode with the one and only the iconic dennis rodman welcome back everyone to the school of greatness podcast very excited we've got the legendary dennis rodman in the house my man thank you for being here appreciate it sir cool man very excited you're here. Just watched the 30 for 30. It's it's unbelievable. It's so inspiring what you've created with your life, with all the challenges you had to overcome. So congratulations on everything. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> long but fun. It was long? Yeah. How long did it take to, to do the whole documentary? Well, it took me um, all together 15 hours. 15 hours. One day of doing the whole no, interview. No, 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 no. It was like five hours one day. Gotcha. gotcha yeah, five yeah. hours next day like that. But to sit there for five hours to just sit there and talk about, oh, God, dude, got brain dead. I'm like, you know, it's like when you drive and you get concrete drunk. Yeah. You know, so, so that's what I got. I'm like, oh, my God. Tunnel vision, like, ugh. It's probably, it's probably the best 30 for 30 I've seen, and I've seen a lot of them. So I've seen a lot, too. I think this is more, I think this is more aimed for like, the new generation. It's amazing. And the music, the storytelling, you know, it's just so dramatic and, and it just pulls you in. It pulls you right in. It pulls you in to your life and everything that you've overcome because you've overcome so much. It's crazy, man. It's so inspiring. So congrats. I think, I think it relates to a lot of people in contents for us, like uh, living in, in that that uh, generation, for us, the 60s and 70s. 
and uh, going through those poverty years where I think, you know, like guys like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Julius Irvin, the people that was in that genre in the you know, late 60s to the 70s, early 80s, living like that, I think they get a, they probably get a good grip of what was going on, mm. you know, within the, the confinements of, of the situation. But I think the youth of the day couldn't really grasp that unless they actually see it. Uh-huh. So basically, this, this uh, 30 for 30 is going to really put them in the mix of how the guys like me, the worked our ass up to get to this point. Yeah. And they don't realize that it wasn't a bed of roses at all <laughs> to try to get yeah. to get to this point, you know. It had been a lot of highs and a lot of damn lows. Yeah. It, and it, uh, so I think it's going it's to hit a lot of kids hard and a lot of athletes hard, too. It's amazing. I think it's like, it's almost like uh, five years of social media in, a, in one hour and a half movie. <laughs> That's kind of like, if it social like media a, was around when you were there, oh, what else? this was like everything, the highlight reels. Right? I, keep, I keep telling a lot of people, it's dependence. What would you would have done if social media, Instagram, and all these other outlets was out, out back in, in, the, in the 90s? I said, well, I'd be a billionaire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be, be a billionaire. You would be. Quick. Quick. So everything, you know. So thank God and damn it. But maybe it would have blown exactly. all the money at the same time. So. Oh, hey. Shit, that's probably, you're probably right about that shit. Right. But I was going. Do you think you were... Um, you were ready for that type of fame and that type of, because it was crazy. I mean, everywhere, you were like the biggest icon in the 90s. You know, it was it was massive. Yeah, I, was, I think um, I made a joke about me and Michael Jordan that I was more popular than he was for three years. I bet. On the, on the same team. Yeah. The team that he built, but I guess I'm not trying to be like, have the big head, but it's, it's true the fact that I went there, that they, I was doing things that people in sports wasn't doing at the time. You know, I was creating a brand without me knowing it was a f-ing brand. Yeah. <laughs> so now people are trying to like manufacture it based on what you did. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I was just doing it for fun. You know, I was trying to make money and nothing like that. I think that, you know, once you get in that situation when you have your head screwed in a certain direction and then all of a sudden you forgot, oh, damn, I forgot this part. You know, and you just, you're just going at 90 miles an hour and you really don't pay attention about the money and the. Uh, yeah. And pretty much the fame of just going to school with the flow. Mm-hmm. That, that was me back then. We have something in common. You're, you are Dennis Rodman, but I've been calling myself for seven years the Dennis Rodman of Olympic handball. I'm on the USA national handball team, and I'm kind of like the bruiser of the team. You know, I don't score all the points, but I've been calling myself that for seven years. So we have something in common. You're the OG, though. The OG, there. <laughs> you're the OG. Headball. Really? Handball, handball. Do you know you uh, Olympic handball? It's kind of like water polo, but in a basketball court with no water, if you can visualize that. Well, handball is more like you, you, you hit the ball with your hand. There's two sports. Handball where you hit one against the wall. I used to play that at school back in the yeah. day. You know, it wasn't prison. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, wasn't that, it wasn't that special school. Right, right, <laughs> Nobody right. Nobody They hit there all day, though. <laughs> that was the school. So without that kind of handball like that with a glove? Different handball. So this is like, imagine... Um, Water polo with no water or um, soccer with your hands. It's on a big basketball court. It's played all over Europe, Europe professionally. It's an amateur sport here. That's why I play the sport on the USA team because there's not many people that play it. And it's an Olympic sport. So it's, it's very physical. It's very fast. It's kind of like basketball and football, but you're throwing a ball into a goal past a goalie. So defense is very important. And I'm kind of like the bruiser that is just trying to cause a ruckus on the court every game. 
that's how I stay on the team by being that role. Being that role. I kind of play your role. My role, right? And uh, because I don't score a lot. It's like playing volleyball with your foot. It's like exactly it's on the track, right? (laughs) (laughs) So you see that game, right? Yeah. They kick with their feet volleyball, right? It's crazy. But those guys are doing like backflips over there. Backflips, yeah. It's something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so anyways, we have something in common there. But what I really admire about you is that you were consistent in your ability to be great, even through the different emotional challenges you were going through. Because I can only imagine the amount of emotional stress you went through, questioning things, questioning identity, or questioning who are my real friends. But to be able to play at such a high level oh, for so many years that was it's impressive. Tough. That was tough. How did you How did you do it with the emotional stress that you were facing? I don't know, really. You know, today, it'd be easy today because you have so many distractions. You have so many ways to get out there and just free your mind. A lot of cool things to re- reboot and refresh yourself. Back then, it was more like you had to be full throttle no matter what. When like, I say that, it's like you had to have some type of aura about yourself to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Michael had Michael. Michael was doing you know, Nike commercials, doing this, shooting movies. TV movies and stuff like that. He was doing all that. I was doing all that and more. I was doing that, going out to 6 in the morning, then get on a plane, go try to fly and wrestle the next night. The next thing, you know, I'd go there, da, da, da. I was just doing all these things at once. And, and I think maybe once a month, I would have a breakdown. You know, in the locker room after a game, I would, my bodyguard would say, Dennis, go on and debrief yourself and stuff like that. So I just go fall on the ground, just, just let it all out in motion and just try to, like, wow, how am I doing this? Running both ends of the candle. And I used to do that all the time. I was mm-hmm. running down, damn, you know. And it was just funny that the fact that people said, this is all, this is all fun, man. You should be happy. You should mm-hmm. be this and that. But damn, it's a price to pay, you know, because you want to do so much in such a little time. You know, sports is so short-lived in the days where being and athletes don't understand that. Yeah. You know, even though the money is good and stuff like that, but it's like, okay, what, what are you going to do after basketball? And I thought about that as I, as I left Detroit when I went to San Antonio. I said, I'm so bored of this game. I'm so bored of life. I need something to have a great, some type of outlet for me to, t- to try try to enjoy my life after basketball. So I went to San Antonio. I just started to do certain things outside the box that most athletes wouldn't dare to do, and uh, I found a new, new, uh, new remedy to uh, the fountain of you, you want to call it, to reboot myself to uh, to enjoy life again. Yeah. So thanks for San Antonio for that. That's good. So, uh, <laughs> That's great. One of the things that you did differently is you showed your emotions. You cried. Yeah. You weren't you weren't afraid to show that. No. And I think that's that was pre like men showing their vulnerability yeah. for 20, 30 years pre that. Now men are coming out more and more. Oh. I wrote a book about being vulnerable as a man and the power of being vulnerable. But you were doing this long before. Did you get a, did you get made fun of a lot during that when you were a pro athlete? And, and kind of showing this vulnerable side, or did people embrace it behind the scenes? I think a lot of people did, thought there was something new. It was like more this. They didn't think that I was such an uh, individual that was so emotional all the time that he couldn't control his feelings about controlling how to be an, uh, an adult, how to mm. be a professional player, a professional person in general. So I think they look at me as more like, wow, this guy's not afraid to do anything. <laughs> 
And in all the same sense of the word, I didn't know what I was doing. I just that was my passion to be emotional. I loved it. I loved what I was doing playing sports. I loved making people happy. And I think that I brought out, as they say, you're not a real man unless you show emotion. And they used to say those quotes, serious things back in the day. And now you see just why every man on planet would cry about yeah. something yeah. and not ashamed to do it. And I didn't, I didn't care if I cried or anything. I just thought that was the way you're supposed to live life. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you, you have emotion, you, you express emotion. But I think that I, I, I've crossed over a lot of barriers back in the 90s, 80s and 90s, and early 2000s, and still probably today. You know, I'm not afraid to show my feminine side as far as a man. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to go to gay clubs. I'm not afraid to interact with the gay community. I think I've really opened a lot of doors for the gay community as far as the sports world is concerned. Now you're saying men today are pretty much coming out and actually showing their their livelihoods as far as if they're a man or they're homosexual or they're bisexual or something like that. They're actually coming out being free now. And, um, and a lot of people thought I was gay back then when I was doing those, those, um, those photo shoots and doing all the drag queens mm-hmm. and stuff like that and dressed them as, as a woman going to a lot of bars and that was content for sports. But uh, even if, if I if I did come out and said I was gay back then, I think I've probably been the first rich gay athlete. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, for sure. it, it could go in all different ways back then. I could have done a lot of stuff in different ways. But now no one ever called me homosexual, gay, like you know, blatantly like that. But it's more like when I did the ESPN cover and I dressed up in this and drag a tear, mm-hmm. they looked at me and said, well, Dennis, you know, we can't do that. That's not appropriate. And mm. you know, they just looked at me like, oh, man, that's what I'm wearing. I'm not changing. Yeah. So I sat there for like two hours. I said, I'm not really? changing with my birds and stuff. They're talking to each other. I'm just sitting there. I'm sitting there, what do you guys think? And they were actually talking to me. It's like, what do you think? Oh, well, they're just mimbling. The birds and were talking? They're yeah. talking to each other like <laughs> this right here. So I'm just waiting until they give me an answer. Two hours later, I said, okay, Dennis, we're going to shoot it. And I promise you, we're going to put it on Sports Illustrated cover. We're going to shoot it. And if you look in your Argyles, Sports Illustrated, you see that cover when I'm just all the decking out in uh, drag and, and, and being so gayishness mm-hmm. in, in the gay community. I'm like uh, bondage and stuff like right. that. I was sexy with the short shorts and stuff like that. I got my bird right there. And it was funny that they said, you know, this can work. And I think I crossed over there as far as in the community, and especially in San Antonio. And lo and behold, guess what? It was a best-selling magazine in the history of Sports Illustrated. Wow. So I did have three covers like that for the Sports Illustrated. So they should thank you. No, not really. <laughs> they should pay you more. Pay me more, right? Yeah. It's funny, I live in the center of the, you know, the gay community here in LA. You're right I'm, here. <laughs> I'm in Boystown, WeHo. I love it. For me, it's, uh, I've it. always felt comfortable, uh, you know, whenever I feel insecure about myself, I will just walk down the street and I'll feel good again because of the gay clubs, they're amazing. Yeah, People are friendly, it's clean. Clean. People, it's like good food. I'm like, where else would you want to go? Right. They keep the neighborhood clean, which is what I like too. Right. So I don't mind at all. But back then, I remember when I was growing up as a kid, when I would just put my, I played basketball, football, track, everything, and when I would just put my arm around another boy, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, didn't matter, they would push me off and say, don't be gay, don't be a fag, don't be a little girl, like, don't touch me. And I just wanted to show affection. I just wanted, you know, someone to like me as well, because I felt very alone, I felt very, um, 
made fun of, and it was never really accepted. Were you able to show any affection as like a brotherly hug with it, with it being accepted in college or in the pros? I, I was just so exuberant just to be doing something cool. You know, and I, I just showed it a lot. You know, when I, if I score a basket, or if I made a touchdown or something like that, I just get nuts. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's like that, I'm happy. But uh, it, it, just, it just came naturally for me. Yeah. Did you, know, you, did I, you get I, any I fun at all, or you didn't? No, care? I, didn't get, I didn't make fun at all. I didn't get, no, nobody really made any type of remarks to me at all. It was more like when I first started doing it, it was in college. And people say, oh, that's just him, you know, in front of like 500 people. I think I've done like 200,000 people. And I'm just so happy when I score a basket <laughs> or block a shot. I'm just uh, just so giddy inside. And then when I brought that emotion to Detroit, people embraced that. Mm. And they were seeing them come, come out and just be happy and just just, just so, just so enthusiastic about just playing the game. Because most of the time you see most athletes that make a point or get a rebound or die for a ball and they don't react to it. Mm-hmm. I do. I love it. Yeah. You know, I'm doing something that makes me happy. I'm doing something that makes people happy. I'm doing something that, that, that contributes to make, you know, to, to win. Mm-hmm. And that's my whole thing about life. I, I want to win. <clears throat> I want to be successful. But I know the fact that in my journey, I said, my journey had a, had a paid, a, paid a price. Mm a big price because I think what I One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host so listen we all know life is full of yada yada like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print and i know you've dealt with yada yada before like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else and yes it is possible to outsmart yada yada like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
the negativity, it's going to sound kind of f***ed up. Without the negativity, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. I didn't become Dennis Rodman to be good because I was good. It was all the other stuff that made Dennis Rodman who he is today. And now, by me saying that, if I was good all the way through, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have left Detroit. I wouldn't be sitting here. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be doing a lot of things. If you're right good, now. if you were good all the way through, all the way through the journey. Yeah. If I was this good, you know, just straight lace guy all the way through, I think I wouldn't Clean, be not going out, doing yeah. No, I think I wouldn't be here today talking to you or talking to anybody doing the same format. You know, where would you be? I couldn't tell you that one. Yeah. If you were saying that, where would you be when you was 18, 19, didn't have a career, didn't have anything to to focus on to be something significant in life, I'd probably be dead in jail. Mm. Seriously, just like that. There's no, no chance I would be living today. Yeah. What, what brought you the most joy throughout your time uh, playing professional basketball? What were the moments where you felt the most fulfillment and joy? Because you might have had fun. You might have been looked like you're having fun during some well, I, had, I, had, I had fun. I know a lot about that. I had, I had fun. I think the most enjoyment is the fact that I've, I was able to be free mm. through a lot of that process. Made up my mind, you know, to say, you know, then it's, life is not that difficult. Life is not that hard. Even though the bumps and the roads have been bumpy a lot, but now you have opportunity to go in there and say, okay, great. We can do this. We can go this road. We can go and say, okay, I got three hours to do a job that I like to do and be happy. Mm. Or I can make it an all-day adventure and be sad and, and just miserable the rest of my life. I say, okay, great. I'm going to take that road. I'm going to take the road where they pay me to do a lot of things. <laughs> they pay me to, to, to make people happy, to do this and do that. And also, I'm happy doing it. Mm-hmm. And... I just put my life in, in, in that genre where, okay, great. I'm going to do three hours. If I don't do three and a half, I subject that. I do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, I got 21 more hours to do it. <laughs> what can I do? What, what can I do? <laughs> so, so I look at like, what, what am I do? I have fun. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. This is cool here, but oh, man, I got all this time now. Stuff like this. So I just looked at it like that at the end of my career. I said, well, I had a hell of a road. Yeah. So How did you... Uh... I mean, in the documentary, it's amazing. Uh, people need to watch this. They really need to watch it, too. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so when you, um, you know, it shows you just like going out till 5, 6 a.m. every night and then having four hours of sleep, then going to practice and being a gazelle. I think someone said you just look like a gazelle. You're sprinting, you're passionate, you're happy, all these things. Right. How did you do that mentally? How did you focus right before practice to say, I'm going to still dominate, I'm going to be one of the best? I think it's more like a, I'm a routine guy. When I first came in the league, I never worked out. I just go play basketball and go home and go to the um, to the arcades and play like three, four hours and go home and go to sleep. Go to the gym, okay, practice, go to arcade, go home, go to sleep. That was my routine that I never worked out. And then I think by my fourth year in the league, I started to work out. I started to take care of my body. I got to loving that every, every day. So I think for like, 15 years straight, I worked out every day. Pretty much every day, six days a week. Wow. 15 years. I stayed like between 185 to 1 to 215 for like, nah, I'd say up till I was like 45, I'm like 240 now. So the routine thing got me, got me hooked up. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I, I, did, I did so well in Chicago and San Antonio doing all the activities 
playing basketball, going out to four or five, six in the morning, you know, sleeping in uh, meetings and but then wake up and go back. Sleeping in meetings? Oh yeah. <laughs> I had to have so bad. I didn't I didn't care if that well, somebody didn't go to sleep last night. <laughs> yep. That was me. Let me Nobody care, huh? Oh, no, they didn't care. As long as you delivered. I delivered. Try to perform, but uh, I'll be in practice. I'll go downstairs practice for like an hour, work my ass off, practice, and then after practice, I stay there and started the game of basketball with my friends. And all the guys who left, we worked out. I have all my friends come in to help me with my game as far as I rebound and play defense. I used to have my friends, how I became a great rebounder, I used to have my friends spot around the court at the three-point line and ask them to shoot the ball. And I would turn around and I'd have someone to shoot it and i just turn around and watch the ball hit the rim. And I position myself in that, in that where the ball is going. And I just asked the other guy to shoot it anywhere. I just turn around and just watch the ball hit the rim. I did it every day, mm. every day. And I tried to play a trick on myself. Okay, great. I'm going to blindfold myself and do the same thing. Wow. And I blindfold myself. And I just didn't know what the ball was going. I just heard the rim. Mm. And so I heard, okay, great. Bounce this way. And boom, boom. Okay, great. So I tried to act to it. And my friends would say, yeah, you almost had it. You almost had the right direction. But uh, that's how I became a, a great rebound. I stuttered the ball. I followed the game. I followed the movement of the ball and stuff like that. If you see on the tapes, I never really out-jumped anybody. You just were in the right I, spot. I, I was right in the right spot. You just had the position. He had the position. So I just went and I did a lot of... Uh, yeah, because other people were jumping high. You were kind of jumping and doing the splits and different crazy... All the crazy <laughs> stuff right down this level. You didn't have to jump high. You just were there. So I was just there. That's powerful. Timing is everything. Vision mm -hmm. is everything. It seemed like you had the right vision. Do you think you'd be 2019, Robin? Do you think you would be uh, able to stay in the NBA as long now with the same personality? Or do you think they would have kicked you off the teams quicker and said, okay, if you're not going to show up on time, you're getting fined more. You can't sleep in meetings. We're not allowing this at this time and age. But what well, today's age, I mean, today's game, I mean, you could do anything. Really? Oh, I'm going to take a week off. Thank you. I'm tired. Wow. <laughs> I'm tired. So whatever. I'll be, I'll be back next week. So this is easy today. This is very easy. Really? You're making $40 million and saying, my back hurt. I'm going to take two weeks off. Okay. Don't worry about it. I'm like, damn, what was that at back then? You take two weeks off and still get paid? And then go to Vegas, go to Tahiti, Fiji. <laughs> Fiji. That's where you go after this, right? Fiji. And you get paid for it. And then all of a sudden, you see the person that want to take a vacation. Oh, where's he? At? He's in Fiji. Look at it, guys. It's on Instagram. Look wow. at it. He's on Fiji waving on a banana boat. He's over here with a fucking yacht. That's <laughs> the day he comes back. Oh, you have a good time? Yep. I would love to be in today's world. Really? Oh, hell yeah. Do you I, think I, you'd be able to compete with the, the same le at the same level if it was? If I had the same athletic ability, uh -huh. um, had the same body, the same speed, the yeah. same jumping ability, stuff like that, oh, hell, I'd be, I'd be a monster. Really? I'd be having like over 20 rebounds a game, playing like 40 minutes a game. I would love it. Do you think because people are softer now in certain ways and when with your intensity? Well, I, I didn't really care if they were soft or hard. I just want to go out there and do me. Go, yeah. just go play basketball, man. It's more like, I think I'll probably be, I think, more famous just because you have this outlet. With social media and everything. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, I think I'll be way flamboyant. And still <laughs> Even doing more? Job. Oh, yeah. Do you think you would have been more destructive then with this type of reach and opportunity for following and press? Oh, yeah. I think I'll be a rock star, a rock star and a superstar in basketball because I think I probably would have followed a career and try to be a rock star. Yeah. And then... 
Imagine being a rock star and a basketball player. Do you think you would have been slept at all? Too much sex, right? <laughs> too much, too, 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 too much. Right, right, like, right. Too much sex, right? Damn. Right. <laughs> She's loving it. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm just, I mean, just like, wow, you're really a rock star. You got your scene. You can do all these things. Then you go to basketball court. We get to see your legs and everything you do. And what the hell? Oh, my God. Really? Got the, you got all the world right there in your hands, man. Yeah. But I think that, you know, for me, I think I would get burned out real quick. Yeah. Especially because there's so much going on. And so much. So much. You can't, you can't gravitate to anything anymore. So it's more like I think I probably have four or five years in the league. And, and then go into entertainment afterwards. Oh, yeah. man, quick, I mean, quick. <laughs> Seriously, I'll go to quick because if you look at it, I think the people that's, that is more branded is athletes and entertainers, music people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who, who don't want to live that life? Right, right. Especially a young kids today. Yeah. I know, so they just had uh, something on the TV today about uh, legalized uh, college football players, athletes, athletes to sell their names. Really? Money. For like merchandise? merchandise they yeah. did it today? They did it today. Because they've been talking about it for years. For, I said to California, nobody else here. It's legal now. But they, oh, they're, they're talking, talking about making it. They're talking about wow, doing it. That'd like, be really doing it. I think they don't have a vote tomorrow. That's huge. That's pretty huge because I'm saying, well, let's see. Well, I remember Reggie Bush, Matt Liner, uh, O.J. Simpson, all those guys, UCLA, UCLC. Man, they weren't letting those condos for no reason, were they? Right, <laughs> Back right. in the They're day, driving those Bentleys and, you know, I don't know, Rolls Royces and stuff like that for no reason, huh? Yeah. But, but now it's going to be legalized. Yeah. So I'm like, wow, it's... what a great business move to the kids now. Now they can't <laughs> <laughs> Now they came <laughs> now, so you're going to make money now. It's okay, great. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. Who, which player did you learn from the most when you were playing either against them or with them? Who taught you the most about life, about the game, about? I think Detroit, the Piston. They taught me how to actually be a part of something that was great. You know, mm-hmm. I left Oklahoma. There was a great, great bond there. I think when I got to Detroit, I became, we became as one. <clears throat> Thirteen guys became as one for five straight years, mm-hmm. and that really, I really liked that. You know, that they taught me a lot about living life growing up as a man, growing up as a professional athlete. And I think that if I wasn't drafted by Detroit, if I was drafted by the Lakers, I'd be out the league quick. Quick. I would. What, what would have happened if, hypothetically, everyone stayed together for another five years in Detroit? And not, well, the, no, 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 it had to end because we was they was getting older. I was, right, right, I was right. like twenty eight, sure, sure, and a lot of guys were like 30, 30, 30, 33, 34, 35. They was getting older, so basically, I think it could have had another run, but it was just that, that time. Yeah. But where would you be? Because that's when things started to shift quickly after that in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. You know, yep. the identity shift and the, the bad boy image even more so, right? The personality came out even more. Right, oh, yeah, San Antonio. Um, where do you think you would be if you had another five years of, like, family unit stability, those types of feelings? I don't think— Do you think you'd be here now? Do you I, think I don't think I'd be, I wouldn't be here. Wow. I would not be here at all. I mean, I'll be on planet Earth, right. but I won't be in this situation. Wow. I think the course of action, the fact that I would become really popular in Detroit, in the Midwest, I think when I went to San Antonio, I became more all around famous. Mm. You know, if you see a clip on 30 for 30, you're gonna yeah. see it. I said, you know, I don't give a damn if you like me or hate me. I'm just 
I'm just here to get solid. And I took my hat off, and that's when things started to happen for me. In all places, San Antonio, Bible-bumping city of, of, the, of, of the United States, I mean, you got to be good on your toes. So I went there and just just totally rebelled. Totally rebelled, but I wanted to win in the same in the same process. And, uh, and a lot of people get out of this, just uh, a lot of athletes and people professional would get out of this, the fact that when I left Detroit, my mindset as far as doing my job never wavered. I went from Detroit to San Antonio to go there and average 19.2 rebounds a game from another team that was averaging 18 rebounds. I went down to San Antonio and went another team in the West Coast, not the East, the West Coast, 19.2, 18.9 in those two years. And from going from East Coast to West Coast, I went down, did my job in Detroit, swerved down to San Antonio, I did my job there, then swayed my head because I wanted to win. Then after that didn't work out, I went, then I went back to the East Coast, Chicago, went there and won three more uh, rebound titles. I was doing my job all the way through this whole cycle. I didn't change at all. I just went to a certain different location, location, and just did my job. It wasn't about the money mm-hmm. at all. It wasn't about the money. A lot of players would say, oh, I want to go there for the money. And yeah, I, yeah. No, I never did. I just want to go play and win. And that's what I did. Yeah. Who was the best player you played against? Played against? Yeah. Or with? With. Well, Michael's there. Scotty's there. James Worthy. You know, I just think of people that, have, that was my style of play. You know, as far as like lean and speed and agility and stuff like that. Those guys, you know, Worthy was probably the hardest because he was, I hated playing him because he couldn't that damn wing. I gotta go across here, across there, <laughs> get picked. I wanted to time. stay down. I just wanted to stay like, stay out lower and get up front, but he was just like, he was so difficult. He was just so difficult to guard, but Michael Jordan's probably, probably the hardest. What are you most proud of from your time in the league? I survived it. You survived it? Oh yeah. I survived it on and off the court. Mm. On and off the court. The hard part was just getting in and trying to fit in. The easy part is trying to come out alive, you know, on my own two feet. Because I was just running it hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't doing cocaine or, you know, any other substances. You know, I got into alcohol, this kind of rave. They can take control of me. I think that was more of a motivation for me to try to fight both of those those sides of me. Yeah. If that was anything that had to disrupt me from um, basketball and cut my career short at the age of 37, I think that I think the lifestyle of the court did that. That was no stopping me because I like having a good time yeah. on and off the court. So it was just surviving the NBA pretty much. Yeah. I'm curious, who was the most influential person for you growing up? To this day? From like the time you were, uh, you know, a kid until... 20, before you went to, to college basketball, who was most influential individual in your life growing up? I don't know. Who? Was it a, was it a sibling, or was it your mom at the time, or was it a, a... No one. No one. No one. No one influenced you? I can't even you. think of anyone. If yeah. I was... Before you left uh, town? I, was there a kid in the neighborhood? Was there older... Nobody. No one. Yeah, so I pretty much was a follower. I didn't have any any sense of direction. Yeah. So whatever I saw somebody did, I was a sea monkey, do monkey guy. So that was me. 
the do monkey guy? What, is that, what does that mean? Uh, you see somebody, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> so you see somebody do it, you're going to do it. You mimicked it. I mimicked it pretty much. Yeah. So if somebody goes see a watch and they think it's cool, oh, great. I go over and do the same thing and think it's cool, but I, I'm the one getting get caught. <laughs> so yeah. it's okay right there. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me up, right? <laughs> I'm the one getting caught, so he did, and I thought it was cool. So that was me back then. I didn't have any uh, anyone to look up to. Who was the first influential person in your life that you really respected and admired? I think it was like two people. Well, not really. I think one person in, in particular, I think when I went to Oklahoma and lived with that family, James Rich. Yeah. Is that the, the, the father? The, the father of the, yeah. the white family in Bochito, Oklahoma. Population 602, one stoplight. So he was he was one of the most influential people for you. Oh man, he was he was right there, man. He literally did. You know, to want a kid with his head cut off. Mm-hmm. How about you going from the projects, living in a a racial tension town? It was like sixteen, seventeen thousand people. Didn't go on that blind. Didn't know understand what's going on in that town. And you're black, and you go into a university there, small like twenty thousand people. Going to a dorm, and then you walk out the dorm, and you walk down to the to the gym, and all you hear is, "Hey, n- hey, black person, go back home." That's what are you doing over here. Da 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 da. When you walk know, I hear it every day. So, and I'm like, I'm like, just thought it was like, that was common. I didn't think it was like, oh, I hate that, I hate that, I hate that yeah, person, yeah. I hate that person. I thought it was just common because I'm just so used to seeing and hearing it, you know, in the neighborhood and stuff like that. So I was like, all right, great, it's cool, da da da. But um, uh, when I met that family, I mean, it was it was it was, it was cool. The yeah. fact that I didn't like it in the beginning because I didn't know how to behave. You know, I'm being the custom. You know, being just going out wild with short shorts on, no shoes, and running around like a, you know, with a kid head cut off, and then have no structure. But that family taught me a, a lot about structure, really, and stuff like that. I try to cut the long story short. The more, that, the more I was so involved with that family, the more I, I distanced my real family from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a good thing for me. If I didn't distance myself from my real family, I'd be in trouble for being dead legit. Really? Dead. Yeah. What was it that your own family wasn't giving the, you that you felt like you really wanted or needed? I mean, he, he knows that. I think I'm right. The worst gonna notice today. Today, today, I think it was just more love and more understanding. Yeah. And I, I didn't get that. I didn't get none of that. No, no your touchy, sisters no, or your your mom. Because no, no, your we, dad was gone. Well, he's gone. Nobody, nobody taught me that. You know, you never saw it in the neighborhood. You know, a lot of kids are like running, running amok. Yeah. And you, you never saw anyone getting loved or hugged or mm. you more getting, getting beaten and, and whatever you hear, what, what you mimic. Yeah. So I think James Rich is like the most important person at that time for me. What did he provide for you besides structure? Did he give you hugs and affection and love or acceptance and understanding or? He just more like he's treating me like one of his sons. He had uh-huh. three sons, and he just put me right in the mix. Come to the table, come to the right, Put your shoes off, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's on time. Right? <laughs> but it's but it's funny. It's a it's a cute story. You're gonna see it in the, in the documentary. When I first went to this family's house, and this, I like laughed at this. This is funny as hell. People will think it's funny. I think it's funny <laughs> as hell. So you know, when I first went to the house. Everyone was like shocked to see that I was black, you know, coming into this 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 uh, country forum. So little kid, hey, Dennis, come on, sit over here. Come on, sit over here. I said, all right, great. And I'm just don't know what to do because I've never been in this setting before. Usually going to like you know get a uh, hennis uh, turkey like that like that or like, you know crackers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, great. I sit down at this table, had all this crystal and glasses and 
glass, I mean, all different type of glass. Silverware. Like, silverware. Yeah. I never seen that shit, right? I was like, all right, great. He said, well, you sit right here beside me, this little boy, you know? So, so I'm sitting there, then he, he looks at me, he looks around the table, and he gets up, he takes the glass from, from uh, in front of me. He said, I'll be right back. So he goes over and goes to the cabinet, and he goes up there, he jumps on the top of the counter, he goes to reach way up here and get this big ass, this big ass mug. He said, all right, great. So he comes up, I said, what did you do that for? <laughs> he said, what did you do that for? He said, oh, I figured that your lips are too big, you can, you can, can swallow. No way. I said, what? <laughs> he said, your lips are too big, I had to get this for you. I said, oh God, really? <laughs> I thought it was funny as hell. I know he, he didn't know any better. He was more yeah, like, he's trying to be courteous. He's or trying to be, right, so, okay, all right, thank you, man. <laughs> like, wow. Like, I can drink water out of any cup. Yeah. Yeah. Any cup. I can be so it's too small. Glass like that small. So he got this big mug. I, I had to, so, uh, and we, so from that point on, to cut, I'm trying to cut the short story. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Sure, we got that much time, but... Me and that little kid, we really bonded. He was like 13, 13 14 years old, right? He, he was, no, he was like, I was 22. He was like, yeah, I think he was 13, 13 12, yeah. 13. But he was a skinny little kid. Uh -huh. I really bonded to this kid, and we, we got along so well. Out of the 22 years I had in my life in, in Texas, I never bonded to anyone like this. And this little white little kid and stuff like that. 
And he didn't care what I looked like, what I said, or this stuff. He, he thought everything I did, did was cool. Mm-hmm. And I thought what he did was cool. I'm like, go playing his role, he's playing my role. Right, right. <laughs> so, and every night, when we would sit there and go play basketball every night to like 11, 12 at night. His mom used to come out and say, hey, Dennis, you guys gotta go to bed. I said, all right, great. Then we go to bed. I mean, that was going for three years straight. But I think that right there really got me out of that, out of the, the, the negative part of my life to try to do something positive in my life. And that just that put me in the, t- the position I am today. Did you feel like a sense of peace for those three years sleeping there? Did it feel like you could finally relax and kind of just oh, yeah. ah, take a deep breath? Well, it was just more like, mm. And I felt good to just be in something that was very solid. Mm-hmm. Very solid. It was cool to you know, wake up in the morning. And like, oh wow, we got to eat good. <laughs> take a shower. <laughs> cracker. You got to do that. I mean, so you know, eat the, drink water. You got to do this, but it was, it was just felt good to just wake up and say, wow, you gonna have a mm. great day today. Wow, that's. And I appreciate, I appreciate all everything though. You know, for it's like I hated getting up at five thirty. Yeah. You know, well, we gotta get up at five thirty for what? You <laughs> say, well, I can go to practice in, in a couple hours. You know, you got to go out and feed the cows. You got to go out there, break the ice. You got to go out there and, you know, lift hay. I'm like, oh, my God. I did that for three years straight. Wow. Summer, winter, and fall. I mean, all season, we did that every day for seven days a week. And I think that right there really made me appreciate the hard work that I put into and make people mm-hmm. happy. So there was no money involved with that. Same thing in college, and it just propelled me to the NBA. Yeah. What was the greatest lesson that that father taught you? Oh, to be humble. Really? Were you, be were humble. You, were you not patient, humble? Humble and patient. Were you not humble or patient then? I didn't know what that was. I didn't know anything about humble and patient. I think that I was just living life through them, through through their eyes, and trying to figure out what direction I was going as far as college and what direction I was going to go after mm-hmm. college. But I just watched them every day and see how they perform as far as a family. And the dad was more like, he was more the cool one. The whole bunch, he'll come on 5.30 in the evening, sit there, drink his little scotch or whatever, sit out there on the porch. And then he always said, Dennis, you know, what do you think? He always talked to me outside, me and Brian. And we sit there with him, we go, we go down the pond and, and, and fish for catfish every day and just sit there and talk most of the day. He just... I got so used to that. It was so peaceful and just mm. more like, instead of thinking about the negative, who's getting di- who's dying today, who's getting stabbed tomorrow, who's getting whooped today, who's getting beat today. I'm like, this. Like, you heard that every day in the project. But for once, I went there and this literally was at peace. Like, I'm expecting people to beat on the walls and shoot someone or someone screaming. But there was more like so peaceful and, you know, and it's like, wow. And I got so used to it, I didn't never want to go back. Wow. Do you still have a relationship with them today? Oh, well, yeah. And times have changed. But yeah. I think that they, uh, I don't know, I really haven't contacted them in a couple of years, but uh, my friends have contacted them. I think they're still doing better. They're doing better now. That's good. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the documentary, I'm still like five, ten minutes to finish it, which I'm excited to do right after this, because I just got the link right. before right. I came here. Right. Um, it gets to the part of... Kim Jong Un, when you start connecting with him and the whole trip. Everybody really want to go to that part of this documentary, which we don't show too much of that about right. North Korea. And, and it's your agent's fault. That's how uh, it all started, he, right? No, he's no, he's responsible for he's all no this. responsible. I think it was just more like it was just handed to us. How about yeah, that? Of it was just handed to us. And, 
And it was more like, you know, he got debriefed by his friend and and he's like, oh, da, da, da. you know, he says it better than I do. You want him to tell you. Because like, every time I say it, I get it all fucked up, right, screwed right. up. So but were they were they bringing basketball players over there before or were you kind of like the first one to go to be invited to go there? Oh, I think that I think Darren was telling me that I think Muhammad Ali went there. Who else? Who else went there? Rick Flair went there. Yeah, I think really. it was for a wrestling event and stuff like that. But I don't think they knew the magnitude then what was going on. I think they did the same thing I did. Just went over there, performed. And, yeah, and after that, I wasn't really worried about you know getting killed or, or being in prison, stuff like that. But and when I went there, it was, it was totally different. Yeah, How so? It was a couple of years ago. It was just totally different because for, for I think if. If they had that situation back, I don't know if it was in the 90s, I think mm-hmm. the 90s or whatever, I think they had that situation back then, I think nobody would have went over there. What was going on when I went there a couple of years ago about people getting kidnapped and put in prison and beaten and whatever they, whatever they said it was, was happening. Right. But I was just fortunate up to just to get the opportunity just to go over there. And I didn't care, I just wanted to be safe. As long as I'm safe, I don't care, I'll go. Yeah, as long as you're having fun, you're making an impact, you're getting paid, right. you're... Good to go. I'm good to go. So when, when did you go originally? 2013? Right? How many times have you been? Uh, a few times after that. A few times after that? Yeah. I guess it's a shame that Donald Trump won't let me go back. He won't let you go back? Why not? I guess the, he just closed the borders for some reason. Oh, I don't know why. For any Americans to go? or Is it for anybody? For anyone to go. Really? I'm, if, if you let me go, they want me to come back. Really? Are you in contact with him or? Well, you can't contact him directly. I think we you know though I think assistant to Darren. I think he's he's pretty much in contact with the, with the right people, the right contact contacts. So uh, we're not directly in contact, but I I think they pretty much know how to get in contact with me, yeah. him, or Vogue, the three people that they need to contact. So. You know, if they have to sit there and find Dennis Rodman, I think they can find Dennis Rodman. Sure, sure. <laughs> like, I'm not hiding nowhere. So, <laughs> what's the? I mean, he's a very controversial individual. What's the? What's the? The lesson you learned from him with your time just in his presence, with your time connecting and talking through translators, and what's the? What's the thing that uh, the biggest lesson you've learned from him? I think a bit, the biggest lesson I learned from him is the fact that he really don't want war. Mm. He don't want it. I think he's just under pressure because I think his family has left this regime to to carry out what his father left. But what I talked to him, it's not like that. He really wants to go into the 21st century. He don't want to get uh, the power up to, to anyone in the world. I think he wants to keep it where he's in, in hands of that. But he can give a little more you know, release to certain things to certain people but he, who he trusts. But I think he still wants to have the empowerment of his own country. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, but uh, the good thing, the, the best thing I, I can see is the fact that he's actually talking. Talking to Donald Trump or whatever they say, I think it's, it's good the fact that he's out being, actually being a human being. When you saw him in Beijing, once he went to Beijing, Singapore, right? Yeah. The last time I was with that, yeah. last year, two last years ago. Year, yeah. Did you see him go out on the water? They're walking in the streets and stuff like that. Do you see him doing selfies with himself? Yeah. You never see him do that, huh? Uh-huh. None of the presidents do that. They took pictures of themselves smiling and having a good time with the people. You never saw him do that. I mean, whoever's in an in, in apartment over mm-hmm. there, but he wants to do stuff like that. And if you see North Korea's, how it's grown in the 21st century, and people haven't seen it, and all you see is all the negativity. 
but you don't see all the new stuff he's done for the people. And um, I think that when he opens the door for for someone to go back over, it's going, I'm going to be right there knocking on the door. You know, knock on heaven's door. (laughs) I'll be right there and say, you know what? And the next time I do go, this is going to be for a real reason. Mm. A real reason. I mean, a real reason why I'm really going over there to actually interact with him and trying to write a little documentary about me and him and a visit over there. Really? Just me and him. Me and him and the, and the trying to see if I can get the reason why we can't really get along. Mm. I don't know the reason why. I don't really look up to the history of North Korea in America. I don't really want to go that in depth because, you know, things change every day now. So I would love to get that, that part of his, that hard part of uh, information from him just to sit there just me and just chit chat like this, yeah. you know, and put it in, in good contents for the world to see. It'd be powerful. Well, in his mind, not his father or his grandfather, in his mind. Mm-hmm. So people can get a good light on him and like they did with everybody else around, great leaders mm-hmm. around the world. So if I can do that, I think that's going to change a lot for, for anyone. That'd be powerful. Yeah. Where do you think you would be right now if you had a, a loving father and a loving mother? For your childhood, I won't be. A, I won't be in sports. You wouldn't have gone in sports. I'd probably be like playing piano for the church. Really, <laughs> singing somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be playing piano for the church. Having four or five kids. I'm just seriously. That's just what <laughs> I'm married still. Yeah. Married still. You know, that's what I'll be doing right now. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be in sports at all. At all, because I think, like I said, a lot of negative things have, have came up in my life have driven me to this point. Right. And I look at that whole scenario, man, I said, why if I had a father back then, and knowing the fact I wasn't playing sports, and knowing the fact that I would probably get beaten every day because I'm not doing anything, oh, I'd probably have to do the chores, I'd probably do this, right. I'd probably have to be a structure camp, or something. Probably yeah. some type of structure in, in some type of environment, but it was more like, I said, thank God I didn't have a father. Thank God I grew up like that. Thank God that someone had the, the, the hope and the desire for me to not to, not to make that major mistake to go and just create this whole image about negativity, about, oh, you're going to kill somebody, you're going to do drugs, or you're going to rape this woman when you do this. Thank God someone had a hand on my shoulder. And when I did screw up, there was someone who came and pulled me back. Mm. Come here. Come here. You know, something, something's good. for Something's waiting for you. And every time I went back to the other direction, back to the negative side, somebody kept pulling me back over and over. I don't know what it is, what happened, because I had a lot of opportunities to go over there and say, okay, great, you know, I can shoot you, I can do this and this. I never did. Yeah. And then when I did anything bad, I tried to redeem myself by, okay, great, I'm gonna go steal 50 watches that's worth about 60, 70 grand, but I'm gonna do the, probably the right thing to do. I'm gonna go to my school and pass them away for free. Not make money, yeah, yeah. I was just about the dumb fing criminal. (laughs) (laughs) The dumb criminal? Yeah. Here's a Rolex, don't worry about it. Just be my friend. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Here you go, guys. Take him. Yeah. So that's circumstance right there. Those are things I was doing. I wasn't doing anything to make satisfy me. I was just trying to be just people to like me. Yeah. You know, I was an outcast looking in. I was like, here, I'm gonna go steal a car. So you like to drive it for me? Right. You know, you don't mind that, right? Sure, sure. You know, here's the doorway. Come on, instead of my mother's purse. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You like me now? Right. Stuff like that. It's just like, you know, those things pretty much propelled me to understand now today's life. And I look back all the time, all those little things 
that could have went wrong. Yeah. But went one wrong, thing. One thing, but it went wrong, but it didn't, didn't go wrong enough. 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 Dude, I can relate <laughs> right. so much. That's, that's right. They'd go too far where I couldn't go, come back. And even in, in, even in the NBA life and even in, in the celebrity life, it's the same thing. I would go so fucking far. <laughs> so far. But not and too all, the line. Not, yeah. not, not the whole thing. Like, oh, my God, then. Okay, great. Let me try it again. Yes. <laughs> I do it again. God damn it. I can go a little higher. Then all of a sudden, then it gets to that crisis moment. So, oh, then, okay. Da, 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 da. And I think the, the, I think the crisis moment for me, of being an adult and I'm being 58, and a lot of people used to have bets uh, in Vegas. They used to have like a, a chart for me in Vegas. Oh, so Dennis' birthday is today. So is he going to live to wow. 54, 55? Really? It was really a true story. They used to have. You know, no best way. Of, for me living a certain year. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think it was kind of like, I think I'm going to die next year because the way I live. You would think this to yourself? Oh, yeah. You would think, I think I'm going to die next year. Yeah. Wow. And there was no control of me for, for a moment there. You know, I would go and just be on these bands, man, just go drink for like two, four or five days straight. And it was like, I was on that self-destructive mode. It's like, I don't care, whatever, man. I'm Dennis Rodman. I'm famous. Wow. I was doing it every day, man. Then shit. Do you feel more balanced now? Like you have more, do you feel like you're going to die every year still? Or do you feel like I'm, you're in a good place right now? No, you know, those thoughts have crossed my mind once in a blue moon, not like every other day. Like I said, I got good people that surround me, you know. He's trying to, he's walked a straight narrow road for 11, 12 years now. He's doing yeah. a great job. We got a new That's book good. out there, Aim It High. <laughs> you know, he's That's only good. what, five foot seven Jew right there. Yeah, yeah. Jewish boy right here. Yeah. You know, but he's he's changed a lot of people's lives in the world. That's Darren Prince. You don't see his ass right there, guys. He's right there. <laughs> you know, I think you know him around the world. Exactly. Got a lot of cool clients, you know, stuff like that. But he is actually uh, evolutionizing the, uh, the uh, opus. Epidemic. If you guys can check him out, guys, check him out. Darren Prince, live, somewhere in your city. Seriously. But he's been a very integral part of my life over the last 22 years, 23 years. So, How has he helped you improve and grow and overcome a lot of the negative thoughts you've had about yourself or the addictive uh, things you've gone through? Well, he's he's trying to challenge me sometimes, trying to be up firm and tough. He's only 59, 40, 40, 49, or 50 right now, and I'm 58. He's trying to tell me, oh, you, da-da-da-da. Like, oh, man, come on. Do I need this today? And sometimes I kind of like have to put my ego aside and say, oh, man, I actually do need this because things are not going too damn well. <laughs> so I do bow down and listen. Mm. You, know, you know, like I said, you're never too old to need help. Yeah. Never, never do order. Never ask for help. I said that to myself for many, many days, many, many years. Yeah. You know, or, or to learn something new. Something new all the time. You know, you think you're smart, but everyone needs help. Yeah. You know, so I think he's been there for most of the the, uh, the tough times, the sad times mostly, because you know, because he knows I get sometimes lonely to myself because, and I feel like that I've done so much, I don't deserve anything else. Really? So he's actually been, uh, you know, trying to give me some uplifting spirits and hope to just keep moving forward. And so, you know, he's good at that. You read the book, he, he'll say mm-hmm. that in the book a lot about, you know, always don't doubt the, the word hope and, and faith. Wow. You know, it, it carries a long way. Yeah. Why do you feel like you don't deserve anything more? Uh, it's been like that all my life. Yeah. Like that all my life, man. 
And people, like I said, I can't say enough about about my life sitting right here. Yeah. But this this, this um, documentary is going to change a lot of perfect, a lot of people's perspective about how they conduct certain things in their lives, especially kids. Yeah, you know that was the one piece there, one piece they keep showing all day and yesterday about me and my mother. My mother said, you know, I never tried to run Dennis. You know, I just want just just. I never tried to what? Run Dennis. You know, try to run his life and try not to try to control him. But you know, she'll say in a soft voice, like, I just want a piece of him. I just want him to know that I love him and stuff like that. And then they they click over to me, and I'm just going nuts. (laughs) But oh, you know. Where was you when I da da da? When I need you? When I when I make, when I became famous? When I was broke? You didn't want me? You threw me out the house? Like, this is what I'm saying on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like that. And people gonna look at it and say, "Wait a minute! I never heard an athlete, a person, talk about their mother like that." And I, on the on the on the on the thirty for thirty, I don't relinquish. I keep going. Yeah. And that's the first rate coming out of me. And I'm retired this time, and I still haven't have hashed out this whole bad image about me and her, about the days that she kicked me out the house. And you're going to see it here. And people, as, as far as the sports figures, as sports entertainment people, going to realize and go see the fact that I don't hold back. Yeah. And a lot of people want to hold back their father and mother and try to say the, the most perfect thing about their family. I don't hold back. I just say it straight up. I don't say I hate you, but I think I just resent it. You still resent her? Oh, I don't resent her now. I think that I've, Overcame that. I think the fact now I'm have prepared myself to try to sit there and reach for the higher level of love with her. Yeah. But I just gotta put one foot in front of the other and try to reach that higher level and say, hey, I apologize. I haven't came to that point yet, but I'm trying to get there. You haven't apologized to her? Right. What do you want to apologize to her for? I was a bad, I was a bad son. Mm. A bad, you know, individual to you. But I think. I'm trying to convince myself if I did that to her, for me, to her, I think I'm looking for her to say the same thing to me. Has she ever apologized? I don't think she didn't know how. I don't, think, I don't know how to apologize to her. I think that's the reason why we ain't came like that. Wow. What do you think would happen if you guys came together face to face and both apologized to each other? I'd probably be me and she'd probably be her. <laughs> so she'd probably like, you know, she'd probably just, just be subdued and. And I'll be like, look at her and stuff like that. Knowing the fact that my eyes are saying more than words and my body can't react to what my eyes are feeling. So basically my eyes are loving her and holding her, but my, my arms and my body are numbed. Mm. So that's how I would do it like that because I never reached over and hugged her like that. I never reached over and cried to her. Wow. I don't know how. Wow. So I think everything I'm visually and seeing to her and thinking about her is all right there, but she don't know it. When I can physically be able to sit there and express it. And that's what the only thing that's holding me back. But doing that for her. Everything else is intact. How long have you been thinking about doing that for? A long time. Like decades? Over, over, over t- 10 years. Ten over 10 years. years. What will it take for you to make it happen? Me? I put that one foot in front of the other. That's it. It's, it's all about me. I'm not selfish. I'm there. I just can't. I don't know why mm-hmm. this won't. I just wonder why I can't turn that corner and just tell her. How often do you see her? Not often enough. Once no. a year, once every couple of years? I'd go like five, six years at a time. So you haven't seen her in five years? Well, I saw her last year. Yeah. My, she saw my kids for the first time last year. 
at the age 17, 18. Mm. What do you think it would do for your heart to have that type of healing and peace? I don't if you know. said, I'm sorry, mom, and you actually, whether she said, I'm sorry or not, but if she said it back, how do you think that would help your heart heal? I don't know. I don't think I, don't, I, think I wouldn't feel it. Really? Because I've been, I've been living this life without having the love and attention for 15 years. I don't know how I can how I take that. Yeah. You know? Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's gotta be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off, off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off i think that it probably take time for me to be around her a lot to understand the reason why she did what she did and the reason why things i did i think we need to hash that out and i think a lot of people like i said i've been saying this and on the documentary you don't see what i'm talking about it's just, it's not that very it's not that hard, not that easy to you know, two people. Stubborn people that are. Yeah, stubborn people. But I'm not stubborn. I'm very, I'm very, like, I'm very caring and very loving, but I just don't know how to show because I never knew how to. And I never had a father and partially a mother, but but I love her to death, though. I mean, I, when I see her on TV, I'm like, wow. Mm. And I just, I think I just want people's other opinions to feel, to, to show me how to feel towards her understand what I mean. Yeah, for sure. And what other people show me how to feel towards her, mm. uh, even towards my kids, same, same, it's the same juncture. Yeah. What are you most grateful for about your mom? She's persevered through a lot. She persevered through a lot. She was in a coma a couple of years ago, and she came out of it, luckily. But uh, I didn't know about it until like six months into it, but I never even went to see her then. I think that was very selfish of me, but mm. I just felt like that it wasn't an appropriate time for me to see her. Yeah. I was just hoping that she came out of it, and luckily she did. Yeah. And she came out, I saw her, she came out the coma, and she came back for recovery, and I went down to see her and brought my kids. That's so I thought good. that'd be something That's for nice. her before me or her die. So she was in good shape, but she managed to come and see me. That's good. But, um, yeah, like I said, this, this documentary is going to be historical yeah. for, for kids and for athletes. So I want people to prepare themselves to understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say. It's very powerful for people. Just really take it all in. And uh, so I go to memory about some of these, out of this documentary, people say, oh, my God, that was awesome. I said, yep. <laughs> you know, this is me. This is what it is. Yeah. So do you feel like if you... Uh you never got the chance to say what you really wanted to say and apologize to your mom that you would re regret it if she wasn't around to hear it in the future? I don't know. I, 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 I believe that I, I would. You'd regret it? I think it won't soak in. 
I think it wouldn't soak in. Like I said, I'm very honest. Yeah. I don't think it would soak in. I think if the time it was sinking for me, I think if I was about to die, then I would sit, I'm gonna have to sit there and look through my eyes why I didn't fulfill some of the things I should have fulfilled. Wow. I think it would take that much for me to sit there and realize that. And I understand it about myself. And I said, well, myself is, but it's, I think that's my mentality as far as that is concerned. But when I'm so loving to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I'm so but, your mom. But, but, but my mother and, my, my, and certain people, I just, but I'm so loving to everybody. You see me, I'm always giving, 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 giving. But I don't realize that if I turn up that way, that's the most important thing. Mm. And I see it, but I just don't want to reach out for it. Wow. But it's like I said, it's coming. It's, it's slowly coming. We got to make it happen this year, Dennis. It's, it's, I want you to happen this year, man. Happen, we got to commit to it this year. And after this documentary is out, now's the time, man. Yeah, now's happen, the time. Bro. So, Darren's going to make it happen. He's going to get a meeting between you guys. It's right. going to be like. It's meetings on the minds over here. <laughs> exactly. Let's make it happen. Let's, Let's make, make it happen. happen. So, it, so, yeah, so. Yeah, I want you to have healing, man. I want you to have peace in your heart. But I can't sit down with that guy. <laughs> I can't sit down with that guy at all. <laughs> this guy will make me fucking, he'll make me just, oh, God. <laughs> so now I got to sit down with somebody that's, you know, cool. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> Maybe get that slowly. He wasn't going that fast, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. you know, he did it fast. Got 11, 12 years going on right now. So, you know, he's still, he's still battling the addiction. Yeah. But uh, to touch on something else, I think a lot of people should understand that Yes, I was, um, so I, that was just a question before you asked me. Yes, I was an alcoholic, and I still am. I'm not ashamed of that to say that. Why not? <laughs> you know, so I always be an alcoholic, but uh, I think my presence and my actions shows a lot different these days. So I hope people recognize that, but I, I do recognize that, that that's, a, that's a totally an issue with that with me. And like I said, I got good people around. Yes. And I don't say around to keep me, you know, if I, Sway away that way. They always got enough room to run me back in. Oh, come on, Dennis. Stay on there. Stay on there. We got you. We got you. Okay, great. So, so the record be straight. You know about the alcohol, the alcohol problem I had in this documentary. They're going to see a lot of that. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> but I'm here today, living, breathing, staying healthy, trying to. You know, so I got a lot of life to live now. Yeah. A lot of healing, a lot of to uh, look forward to, pretty much. That's good, man. Lots so, of healing. We oh, always yeah. got to heal. Oh, Every yeah. day I'm healing my past, and we all got time to heal. So I got a couple final questions that I want to ask you. This has been really powerful, so thanks for being open and vulnerable and sharing with me everything. This is called The Three Truths. I ask this question, I ask this question to everyone at the end, mm-hmm. and I want you to imagine it's your last day many years from now, and you get to, you get to live as long as you want to live. 25 years? You get to live whenever you want. 25, it's like 25 is 83. You get to live as long as you want from here. Okay. You get to, you get to live another 100 years if you want to. You I'd get love to live, to live 100 years. 20 years, whatever you want to live. Yep. But it's the last day. You got to like right. turn the lights off, right? Yep. Right, cool. And imagine you got to achieve everything you want to for the rest of your it's life. It's like taking acid, right? What's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> take one of those eternal lights off. No, just see how much you go trip. Exactly. <laughs> right, so yeah. imagine from now until right. the end of your life, you, you achieve every dream you want to accomplish. All right. You, uh, you apologize to your mom. You, you have the relationship with your family you want. You have whatever you want to achieve. You go, you bring North Korea and America together. Anything you want to do, you make happen, right? You write the books, the movies, whatever you want to do. You going to ask me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, ask but me. But for whatever reason, you got to take everything with you. All your okay. awards and accomplishments, your oh, body of work. It's got to go with you to wherever you go next in the next world. 
uh, and imagine you get to leave behind your three lessons to the world. Three things you know to be true about your life and the lessons you've learned that would be lessons you would share to other people after you're gone. What would you say are your three lessons or three truths? Three lessons. That was a difficult question, right? Yeah. Three truths, right? Three truths. Three things you know to be true that you would want to share with other people that they would have. Three lessons. Well, it's very difficult, but it's a fine line between three lessons, three truths. Mm -hmm. It's a fine line between that. First truth, I, I give people, you know, the truth about me, I can leave to people when I leave. I think if you actually truly understand how to live life, live it. Mm. If you understand how to live life, live it. Huh? You know, so that's one. That's one, okay. Okay. Live life? No, live life. If you understand how to live life, live it. You know, you got time to understand it, but live it if you have the time to live it. What I've learned and what I want to leave to the world. You know, a lot of people say that you have to earn love. If you ever read the Bible and you ever see the truth on TV or visualization, <clears throat> what is love? Do you share it? Do you endure it? What is love? Can anyone explain that to me? Mm. I'm still looking for it, mm -hmm. you know, because love is like a dying, dying, dying breed, you know. What is love to anyone that's living on earth? What is love? Yeah. So that's, that's a hard one right there to really yeah. get in depth with because a lot of people are looking for love in all the wrong places, kind of gay, right? Mm -hmm. But I was looking for love because, you know, love can heal and love can destroy. So, what is love? Mm -hmm. I'm looking for it. Okay. So, all right. That's number two. Number two. Mm. This is the one I always, always. I think I put this number one, but I'm gonna put it, keep it with sure. number two. Concern to the world. I'm not looking. I'm not looking forward to die. You're not looking forward to. Die. I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to die. Forward to die. Mm -hmm. I'm looking how to die. Mm. Wow. How do you want to die? That's the question I want to know. How do I want to die? Mm. How? Right now, I have no clue if I want to die a certain way. I just don't have a clue how to die. Mm. Because I had all too many opportunities in my life to die. And I wrote a book called I Should Be Dead By Now. And I believe in it. I should be dead by now, but I'm trying to find a way to know how to die. Wow. Cause I put my life in too many fucking vulnerable situations to put myself in six feet under. But someone has had this light of love that I don't understand that's keeping rising me from the dead, from mm -hmm. the dead, and saying, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. Where are you going? I'm not done. And it keeps me hoping and believing that I can still change. Wow. I can still evolutionize the fact that, hey, that's a reason why I'm still moving and grooving, still living, still trying to perpetuate myself to understand why am I living. Yeah. Because I shouldn't be. So, take that. Thank you, guys. Powerful. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. These are powerful. Uh, I've, got, I've got one final question before I ask the question. We've got the 30 for 30 out now. 
uh, your people need to watch this. It's freaking okay, unbelievable. <laughs> It's powerful, and it's moving, it's So with an Emmy or Oscar, maybe somewhat in the Oscar <laughs> nomination, but, but I'm saying, but it's, it's good for everybody in the world. Please it's understand. Powerful it's powerful. It's if powerful. he's saying it, if he's saying it, come exactly. on. <laughs> you know, so. You're also on Instagram, you're on but, TikTok, you're, TikTok. You know, now you get to express yourself on social media, which I think right. is cool, so uh, they can follow you there on all these platforms. What else do you have going on right now that we can support you with or follow or, and be a part of? There's a lot of things, man, but I don't want to get too in right now. But I think I've been having this this this, this vision about me doing a one-on-one special, mm. talk to one individual, one individual. I didn't want to have this one-hour special that's talking to one individual. That's it. Mm-hmm. And this one individual is the world. One individual is just no script, no nothing. Powerful. I just want someone to say. You're on. Really powerful. And just talk to that one individual. That's it. It's the world. And the world is the fact that I'm talking to this individual. That's the world. And when it's all said and done, I'm actually talking to me. Mm. I'm trying to find a lesson, life to learn, a lesson to learn. I'm actually talking to the world, but when, I, when it's all said and done, I'm actually talking to me, trying to make some sense. Mm. So that's gonna be powerful too. That's good. It's coming. That's what I'm working on right now, trying to orchestrate this this moment for life, for the world, so one can see what I see. Mm. That's what Jesus and God want for everyone. You know, He said, "Follow me. I'll show you the promised land." I don't want that. I just want to follow me to make everyone happy. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, Dennis, I want to acknowledge you, man, because <laughs> you're a uh... <laughs> This guy, this clean shave guy over here. Look at him. What he's like, 30 years old? 36. (laughs) Oh, hey, there you go. I want to acknowledge you, man, because um, you're authentically you 100%. No doubt you do what you want. You're authentic. You express it. The nails, the hair. I mean, you've got anything you want and you want to feel and express, you do it. Right. And so many people are afraid to express themselves. I'm not saying you're perfect. Oh, no. And we, we all got a lot to learn and grow. But the fact that you are able to express yourself fully and really not care what people think is a powerful gift. And I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing on here today. Um, people make sure you watch the movie. Final question is, what is your definition of greatness? Never, no one's ever asked me that. What's my definition of greatness? Came in the right place, man. I know it came in the right place. But it's like, definitely of greatness, I don't know. You know, God and Jesus and Moses, they didn't, they didn't foresee greatness, did they? They died. Yeah. They, left, they left something for us to hold on to, right? Mm-hmm. What is greatness? You want to see greatness, I think, yes, that you have to go hold hands to people that left us and left us something to hold on to. If you want to go see greatness or be greatness, they're already gone. Mm-hmm. And people are still, you know, Still looking for what is greatness? What is love? What is life? How do we live? What are we doing here? Why are we moving so fast? You want to see greatness? Okay, great. Let's go find out what greatness is. Mm. It ain't here, it seems like. We all fighting every day. Let's go find greatness. It's somewhere, it ain't here. And everyone always has, a, has, a, has something to always look upon. They always like, right. We'll go see greatness. That is, there you go. your time will come. He's going to see you sooner or later. 
Thank you. There you go. My man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate right. it, man. <laughs> There you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this one. Powerful episode. Blew my mind. And uh, it was just an, an amazing time to be in Dennis's presence and to experience some time with him. Really loved getting to know him. And I really hope he takes action on connecting with his mother and expressing how he truly feels. Sharing his apology with her. Forgiving her. Uh, and allowing her to apologize to him. I think it would be so healing for both of them to be able to witness that happen. So I truly hope he takes that on. And I'm glad he was willing to open up and talk about that. And I want you to think about someone in your life that you haven't apologized to that you feel like you should. Maybe you've been holding on a grudge for six months or a year, or maybe it's been decades where you've been holding on to something that is tearing you up inside. And maybe you've been rationalizing it with yourself and saying, it's okay, I don't need to apologize. They hurt me. They weren't there for me. They did this to me. I get it. I felt that way at times as well. And it's it's not fun, you know, doing that and being the one to go and apologize. But there is power in your apology. There is power in finding peace in your heart, whether they accept the apology or not. You coming from a calm, loving place and apologizing and allowing someone else to apologize can be healing for you. So if that's something that you've been thinking about for a long time, or maybe you've forgotten about it might be time to bring that back up and have the courage to do that today. Don't wait three weeks or three more years or whatever it may be. Do it right now. Life is now. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow, in the next week, the next year. There's never going to be the right time to do something unless you do it right now. I hope you enjoyed this. Please share it with a friend, someone you might think this would be powerful for. You can spread the inspiration for someone. You can make an impact in one person's life by just sending them this text message, lewishouse.com slash 854, or copy and paste the link on the Apple podcast or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Just copy and paste the link and text one friend and say, hey, I was thinking about you today. I thought you might find this episode interesting with Dennis Rodman. Let me know what you think. We'd love to get this message out there. Share it on your social media. If this is your first time here, please subscribe to the podcast on the Apple Podcast. Leave us a review and a rating and let me know what you think. I always want to hear your feedback on how we can make this better, how we can make it more insightful and helpful for you in your personal life. Grace Jones said, I believe in individuality, that everybody is special, and it's up to them to find that quality and let it live. What is the personality within you that you've been holding back? Where could you be more courageous in expressing your true essence, the true personality that only you have within you? No one else can replicate who you are ever in the world, never before, never again. It's only you. If you're hiding behind something, if you're trying to fit in too much, if you're trying to please everyone, you've got to start getting your personality out there even more because Different is what's going to help you stand apart from everyone else and help you achieve your dreams even faster. Not trying to fit in, but trying to be more of who you are. I hope this was powerful. I love you so very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S.